Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Marion Callahan, reporter with the Bucks County Courier Times and USA Today News Network in Pennsylvania. And today I am here with Matt Weintraub, Bucks County's district attorney, who is here to shed light on a rising trend in drug use, methamphetamine, and its effect on the region. Mr. Weintraub, thank you so much for making time for us today. Well, it's my pleasure, Marion. Thanks for having me on today. Well, drug abuse, overdose deaths, and drug-related crimes certainly take a toll on the people, families, and communities in Bucks County. The victims of drug abuse see their families destroyed, and the community also pays a price in the resulting crimes. We have robberies, gun violence, and other issues that we can discuss in a few minutes. But while, while I know that opioids are still by far the biggest drug problem in our region, we're hearing that methamphetamine use continues to grow in the county. So I'd like to talk to you today about the rise in meth, where it's coming from. I know when I think of this drug, I think of Breaking Bad and labs tucked away in nondescript buildings and roll pockets, but it's not like that now. So could you, could you share what you're seeing with this trend and why it's so prevalent on the streets now? Yes, Marion, you've hit it on the head. Unfortunately, meth has been on the rise here now for a couple of years. The Mexican cartels, similar to what you see in Breaking Bad, uh, have access to large amounts of what we call the precursors. These are the ingredients needed to make meth. And that's coupled with their desire to corner the market on all illegal drugs, not just meth. But uh, because they ventured into the, the meth business, they began the large-scale production of crystal meth and then inundated the United States, and in particular our area, for which we're concerned, with extremely cheap, or sometimes even free meth in very large amounts. No, we could definitely talk about the dangers, dangers of it, the obvious dangers of the drug itself, but we're also hearing that fentanyl is often mixed with it or used with it. Um, we also hear that some users are turning to meth because it, it staves off the withdrawal pain from opioids. So are you seeing a link between these drug trends? Sadly, we are. And you, you are very prepared, Marion. That is, in fact, what we're being told. That's our experience when we're doing these investigations and that opioid users, while they still crave that, that high that they get from either the, the pills, the painkiller, narcotics or heroin uh, and now fentanyl, the, the meth will actually level out the withdrawal symptoms. It will reduce the uh, painful withdrawal that many people experience in between fixes of opioids. And the issue then becomes a person is effectively not just putting one toxic substance into their bodies, whether that be the heroin or the pills, not just two, because it's, it's now frequently mixed with fentanyl, but three because of the introduction of meth and sometimes cocaine. We're also hearing and seeing and experiencing that meth draws a different type of crime 
than heroin and um, opioid use. We learned recently, in fact, that the man responsible for shooting last year in the borough of Doylestown was on meth and he um, pointed his long gun out a window um, and he was shooting in a house at imaginary intruders. Now, fortunately, no one was hurt, but what types of violent, what other types of violent incidents are we seeing from the uptick in meth? You're referring specifically to the Christopher Dalrymple case and you're, you're exactly right. What, what we see, I know it's dangerous to generalize, but just to give people that are listening a little bit of information, when somebody is high on meth or a stimulant like meth, but particularly when they're high on meth, they tend to be a lot more aggressive, a lot more violent to act out sexually sometimes in sexually aggressive and violent, violent ways. And in that instance, particularly that that person was having paranoid delusions that people were out to get him. Uh, and it, it resulted in thankfully not a deadly, but a potentially deadly situation in which he was literally shooting out through the walls of his home into the neighborhood out, outside. Uh, there are unfortunately many, many cases uh, in which people that are high on meth will commit acts of violence that they otherwise wouldn't be prone to commit. And could you talk with us about other specific cases? I know we just had one yesterday, but what case, what other cases come to mind when you think about the violent fallout of this drug? There was, uh, his name escapes me, but there was a gym owner in Upper Bucks County that was, uh, he was accused of a of rape and then he uh, barricaded himself. He was released on bail and then he barricaded himself in his gym and refused to come out. Uh, and uh, due to being high on methamphetamines, I, I think he ultimately took his own life, but he was reacting in a dangerously precarious way. And, and obviously he endangered uh, law enforcement who had to respond to that location. So that's another example that comes to my mind. We had a uh, uh, a female by the name of Lacey Williams who was hooked on meth and uh, engaged in a, a plot to conspire with another person that was hooked on meth to sell over 20 of his dying father's guns to meth dealers in exchange for drugs. Lacey Williams, if that name is familiar, yes. also later gave birth to her daughter in a motel room to avoid the hospital taking her baby when it tested positive as it, as it did for methamphetamine. Unfortunately, the child died shortly after birth, and we, we had to then prosecute her for endangering her child's welfare. Uh, and, and we prosecuted her and the, the other man that I just spoke of for the meth dealing and for the guns. This is just a deadly combination all the way around. I understand that there have been several big busts in the last year, that you are making some progress in, um, in tackling this. Can you, can you detail some of those investigations and what you're learning? I certainly can. Uh, we, as you know, we take a, a very tough line on drug delivery resulting in death cases. I would differentiate between 
the uh, casual drug user that shares drugs with somebody else and the, the dealers, although we do prosecute all of them, we, we, we try to go after the dealers any, any instance that we can. And we've been successful um, prosecuting people dealing in meth uh, and resulting in fatalities. But in particular, when we talk about going after these dealers, uh, our Bucks County Drug Strike Force it is is instrumental in many of these investigations. We would not be successful without them. Very recently, Chris Reese and Dave Keatley, two of our uh, assistant DAs, are prosecuting uh, an investigation that led to 17 plus arrests. This was a drug strike force investigation. A large number of those individuals have been adopted by the federal authorities, but that was a meth case. Dave Keatley is also prosecuting seven or so more defendants from a meth investigation, which began in Quakertown, took them to Allentown, and then ended all the way up with the source in Philadelphia. That Philadelphia source has been indicted federally. As you, as you know, drugs don't know borders. Drug dealers don't care about borders. But the good news is the, the antidote, if you will, is with our collaborations through our uh, membership in Haida. We now have access to resources, technology, and manpower uh, that we never had prior to being admitted into Haida. Uh, so we are making we are making inroads, and the, the higher up that we can get to the sources, the the more success that we can have in saving people's lives from this deadly drug. And for for listeners who are not familiar with Haida, can you briefly explain? Haida is a so we're in the uh, the, the Middle Atlantic Haida, which is the high intensity drug trafficking area. I know it sounds terrible and it is, it's one of those clubs to quote Groucho Marx that you would, you would not want to be in this club if, if it would have you as a member. But the reality is that uh, this is an exclusive, it's an exclusive association because the drugs are everywhere. And to ignore that is to stick your head in the sand we made an application to Haida twice. We were denied the first time as a county, but we were admitted, I guess now at this point, two years ago. And what it does is it gives us access in contiguous fashion from all the way from Berks County, all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. And this uh, aggregation, this confederacy of counties combines with the federal government and all of its resources to give us a power to tackle these people jurisdictionally, not just at county borders, even state borders, even national borders, but internationally. Uh, we have somebody that's embedded with our drug strike force that works for Homeland Security. So this force multiplier, multiplier I'm sorry, is real, it's effective, and it's being used regularly every day by us to keep people safe from this scourge. Methamphetamine, unlike heroin, like we mentioned um, earlier, uh, it does not kill, um, directly kill um, as many people as opioids does. And I should say just through use. We struggle sometimes to explain why people should care about this drug use in our communities, right? Um, and with the death toll being so much lower, we're also finding that its effect on communities can be greater because of 
um, this violent reaction from meth. So um, how do we get people to care about this rising trend so things can be done before it gets out of control? That's a great question, Marion. So I think you got to start with the individual, branch out to the people that they directly are connected to, and then talk about our community. So with respect to the individual, if somebody is addicted to meth, that uh, they are on a, hopefully not a one-way path, but certainly a path to nowhere, no good, nothing good ever happens. Uh, they, they will, they will, stay up for days on end. They will not care for themselves. Uh, they, will be, they will be forced to commit crimes because they can't sustain their habit on, on the money that they may make from a job, frankly, which they may fail to, to go to because of their addiction. If you couple that with the people that are in their immediate family, they can no longer care for their children or their parents, or their loved ones. They can no longer attend to their everyday duties. And then if you expand that sphere even further to the community that they live in, naturally these people become one-men wrecking crews. Uh, they, have to, they, they have to commit crimes to feed their habits, to get the money to buy more meth. And then ultimately some of them become so violent and reckless or sexually aggressive that that is their compulsion is to commit these acts of violence or sexual aggression. Uh, I, I, I don't believe in the term super predator. I think that that's obviously been debunked, but what I wanna to convey to people in the community is that when somebody gets addicted to meth or frankly, any drug, that's just not a them problem. That's a problem for all of us that has uh, ripples that really affect our entire community. So to the extent that we can help somebody or lead somebody to help that, that may be addicted to opioids or meth in this instance, we're really doing everybody a favor. Where can community members turn for help? It's a great question, Mary, and I'm so glad you asked me that because I want people to have hope and where there's help, there's hope. Oftentimes people want help or their loved ones want to get somebody suffering the help they need. They don't know that there actually are resources out there. And my answer is always the same. Contact Bucks County Drug and Alcohol Commission right here. They promise they will help you get the resources you need. And they're very easy to access on the web. It's bcdac.org. That's bcdac.org or you just call them right here up at the county. They're listed on our county website and they will get you the help you need or that, that, that your loved one needs. Wonderful. And thank you so much. This is valuable um, information, valuable advice. And I appreciate you sharing this with us. As our interview comes to a close, I wanna thank you for helping to put this emerging problem in context and sharing your perspective, of course, of these trends, these drug trends in our area. Thank you again, Mr. Weintraub. You're welcome, Marion. Thank you. This is Marion Callahan, reporter with the Bucks County Courier Times and USA Today Network in Pennsylvania. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. 
from the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.